welcome to Found in Translation, a weekly-ish exploration of one fellow's translation of the Christian scriptures, one chapter or less at a time. I'm Brandon Rhodes, and across the internet from me is the translator himself, Brandon Johnson. Hey, Brandon. Hey, Brandon. Good to see you. I'm looking forward to this episode. Yeah, good to see you. It's got some uh, lists to go over. Yes, it's got the naughty list. Uh, <laughs> And the good list, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, also some weird stuff about our bodies. Right, you know, uh, <laughs> the usual. The usual. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. actually pretty much the summary. This is the part of the episode where we usually say, um, give the rundown of the uh, of what we're going to talk about. But like, I think we just did. Yeah, I think so. Uh, everywhere that you usually see the word flesh in uh, translations of Galatians, you've got some variants uh, of things like uh, desires of the flesh, or, or sorry, excuse me, impulsive bodily cravings, um, impulsive actions motivated by the body. That sort of language is what you've used. So we're going to talk about that as you, as you uh, listeners, uh, give it another read through. That's what we're going to talk about, as well as that list of uh, good things and bad things. Um, so yeah as always it's a good time to read through that Um, you can if you haven't had a chance to read it there's a link to it in the episode description and we'll have it up on the screen momentarily and always do check out the uh, uh, footnotes (laughs) (laughs) wow the coffee is taking over my mind this morning. I feel like one of those ants in the Amazon with spores hitting them in the head. Oh God! Um, <laughs> feel strangely compelled to climb to the highest branch. Um, anyway, check out the footnotes. Uh, give it a uh, hit pause and give it a read. We'll be here. Everybody, welcome back. Let's let's start with uh, this passage flows way more easily out loud than, than so much of the rest of Galatians. So, um, Brandon, would you just mind reading through the whole stretch there, 13 through the end of the chapter? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, sir. You were called to be in freedom, family. Not freedom only for bodily impulses, but instead to serve each other through love. Because the whole Torah can be fully lived out with one saying, here it is, love your neighbor as yourself. However, if you are biting and feeding on each other, watch out that you are not completely devoured. I'm telling you, walk with the life breath and do not satisfy impulsive bodily cravings because the body craves things that are against the life breath. These things are in opposition to each other. So you must not just do whatever you want. If you are led by the life breath, you are not under Torah. Impulsive actions motivated by the body are easy to recognize. Whatever is sexual exploitation, uncleanness, lack of restraint, idolatry, substance abuse, hostilities, combativeness, fanaticism, aggression, combative competition, divisions, sectarianism, envies, murder, alcohol abuse, unrestrained indulgence at celebrations, and other things like these. I predict for you, just like I already predicted, that those who practice these things will not inherit God's reign. 
On the other hand, the fruit of the life breath is love, joy, peace, patience, beneficence, or kindness, beneficial living, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-restraint. Torah is not against these things. Those who belong to Christ crucified, those who belong to Christ crucified the bodily impulses along with its suffering and cravings. If we are alive through the life breath, we should also walk in line with the life breath. We should not become people who project an empty reputation, posturing toward each other, being envious of each other. Lord, Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, this is great. Uh, it really is a shift, I think, lingu- uh, rhetorically. This last, the last week's episode, the start of chapter five, is um, kind of the start of Paul's victory lap, or kind of the mm-hmm. crescendo of like what this, um, what this all more constructively looks like. And now he's he's focusing on like here are kind of the outcomes. Here's the outcome mm-hmm. of when we are belonging uh, and membership is is in through the faithfulness of Christ, not the works of Torah. And here's how it still, ha- it gets you a lot of the same things. It's not, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not, you're not losing what matters yeah. most, which is like attunement to the life breath. Right. Yeah. If it weren't so circuitous, this, like the, the structure of Galatians overall is like good writing. Like he starts yeah. with a story that illustrates like what the heck he's even talking about mm-hmm. and then spends like the next few chapters saying what isn't what he's envisioning, like what to stop, what to let go of. Mm-hmm. And now finally in chapter five, he's like, and here's the alternative that I'm trying to point you to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's two different ways of connecting the dots in the sacred stories of his people and the sacred scriptures. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're connecting the dots to say cultural conformity through things like male circumcision um, and ethnic segregation are what it means. And I'm saying mm-hmm. it's this other thing. Um, right. And now Chap- he's... Re- Go ahead. Which happens to be love your neighbor as yourself, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there it is in verse 14. Um, this first phrase though that he starts to uh, hold up in in some level of tension is um he's shifted away from things like kind of emphasizing the way that a toxic form of torah allegiance is a bad way of connecting the dots and telling the story and he's shifting more to this towards mm-hmm. this thing of that is is otherwise translated as something like the impulses of the flesh or that kind of thing and it right desires you, of the you, flesh yeah yeah, why why is that language problematic? Yeah, I think it's because of the various ways that people understand the word flesh. So like mm-hmm. literally the word sarks is talking about like the stuff bodies are made of, which is what the English word flesh meat means. Right. Yeah. It's your your human meat. Yeah. Um <laughs> So as far as like just a very literal translation, flesh is correct, but all sorts of theological just like garbage has been dumped into that as a religious technical term. Um, and I don't think it's that 
at least most of what has been connected in that way is not what is really ever being talked about. Yeah. So that word is, is factually correct, but not actually faithful. Right. Yeah. Cause it's not that like our bodies are bad or even like the kinds of things that our bodies are interested in yes. are bad. That's not, that's no. not what that means. Um, but when they become out of balance or it's impulsive and not holding the tension of like, maybe I want food right now, but maybe I have a hot meal to go home to. And the person next to me hasn't had a meal in three days. And so the more, the thing that would be loving my neighbor as myself would be to give whatever food I have to that person. Eating my food is not a bad thing, but it is like the loving thing is more important in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if I'm just thoughtless and impulsive about, well, I'm hungry, so I'm going to eat like, mm -hmm. again, not bad, but what's your, what's your North star? What's, what is guiding your decisions on a daily basis overall? And is it this larger value system that centers following the example Christ gave of loving your neighbor as yourself, like in a sometimes very uncomfortable way um or is it like just whatever i feel like i need in the moment i have to do regardless of what else is going on mm -hmm. and that can be can be related to sex the church traditions that i've had most exposure to like automatically assume we're talking about the flesh we're talking about sex and that's, that's usually right. not the case actually yeah that list has a whole bunch context. of other things <laughs> Right. And here and other places, like where the word flesh is used, it's usually not in a context that's about sex. Occasionally, sometimes, like here it's in the list, but it's, yeah, that's not the focus. Yeah, it it's kind of telling on themselves. It's been telling on ourselves to, to yeah. make that assumption that flesh language is about like wanting to do it uh -huh. all the time. And that's bad or something right it's like well we've certainly been conditioned by a, a toxic like abusive exploitive domination vision of sexuality mm -hmm. um in within patriarchy and that kind of tells the story that men are out of control and can't control their sex drives which was actually it was the inverse a hundred years ago in America, uh, it was women who were the like voracious succubi, and we were victims that was of the their... story. Yeah, yeah the that story was that was being told. Anyway. That was the story that was being told, and it's, it's just it's, whoever it is that you think is like completely like sex fixated and out of control. Yeah, these days interpreting it as that is like, mm. yeah, this is not mm. what it's about. In fact in galatians and ephesians too yeah there's there's a few things that come up a lot and one of them is just like greed in general so anytime that you're using other people or disregarding the needs of other people for your own gain that's desires of the flesh or impulsive actions of bodily craving that's really concise can you say that again and let's say i don't remember what i said now okay uh anytime you are using other people or disregarding other people's needs for your own gain. Mm -hmm. That's 
desires of the flesh or impulsive right. bodily cravings. Right. We're acting on those impulsive bodily cravings. Anyway. Yeah. 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 Cause, yeah. cause our, our, our impulses, like our bodies are always trying to tell us what they need and to how, mm -hmm. or. Yeah. And, and listening to that is important, but doesn't mean you automatically have to do the first idea that comes to mind for how to meet that need. Yeah. Like God made earthly creatures such as us with all kinds of really great needs we need for social connection and mm -hmm. social safety is built into our bodies yep. the need for um food and water um mm -hmm. typically an instinct for reproduction through sexual connection is so, yeah I'm, an emotional bonding and an emotional bonding yeah. physical touch is a true need like there's been studies that have looked into like babies will die even if they're warm and clothed and fed and clean and if they're not being held yes. they will die yeah yeah we want thank you thank you it's yeah it's about we have this instinct for um physical closeness as well these are all great wonderful mysterious things um delight pleasure the pleasure of alcohol is <laughs> right down there like it's fine it's mm -hmm. fun it's cool um and this isn't a call to moderation but to harnessing it for love right or yep. it's not it's also not a call to like self um condemning all of these things like how dare you be hungry yeah, it's like not well, all don't of be them. a glutton yeah right <laughs> And if you look in the list too, the other major theme that I keep seeing here and in other places is that the like desires of the flesh or bodily cravings that, that come up have to do with aggression and being oh, like, yeah. re like confrontationally reactive. Mm -hmm. um, and like, yeah, just going like, well, I'm pissed, so I'm going to act on it and make you suffer. Like that's, that's often what it's talking about when it's talking about like the works of the flesh or the desire oh, of the flesh. Yeah. Huh. Desire to have power over each other or, yeah. Meet to your, feel secure yeah. by, by being a dick. Yeah, that's by asserting, asserting power and, and yeah, strength. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, this is, this is not about, um, things that can lead us to a sense of shame or like, uh, particularly for those of us who grew up in some, spent any amount of time around purity culture, mm -hmm. like the flesh, like every time you are feeling sexually energetic, don't do that. Don't think about that. That's something sinful and bad and wrong in you. It's like, that's, mm -hmm. that's really ugly and harmful yeah. so many millions of people have trauma and wounds in them because of this and they aren't at home they we've had to struggle to be at home with our own sexuality mm -hmm. because of that way of telling it when really it's it's just a list of like don't be a dick and yeah yeah i can say as a a couples counselor mm. i remember growing up being told that like yeah, having sex before you're married or just being impure 
even if it's not full intercourse before you're married will ruin your future marriage. Like it'll destroy your sexual relationship with your future spouse. And as a couples counselor, I can say I have worked with people where it's just the opposite. Like their whole sexual relationship with their spouse is screwed up to the point of destroying their whole relationship and needing a lot of help and healing because of purity culture. Yes. And the, and the sense of like, what? I was told this was bad. Now I'm married. And all is supposed to, uh, sudden it's supposed to be good. In fact, I, ha- and then if like woman, let's, it's usually the sense of now I owe it and have to, like, I have no autonomy of my body before I'm married or after. It's always like just the men in my life get to tell me not to have sex. And now the man in my life gets to tell me I have to have sex. Yes. So sex is yeah. entirely built around control, domination, and shame. And the shame piece is, I I was talking to a friend a few years ago who um, kind of winsomely disclosed like, yeah, we, we were in this evangelical world and we were, we were having sex and um, boy, I really, we really regret that. Like it really had a legacy on us, like going into our marriage, we have it worked out now, but um, I, we wish we hadn't, they were right. It really did hurt us. And I, it's like, wait a minute. Was that because you had to hide it? Like your your sexuality was born in a context of concealment and shame and social pressure and living in this tension between other people saying one thing and the the joy of communion you were <laughs> trying yeah. to find and feel. Right. The actions that are meant to create connection and joy and beauty became like linked with shame and darkness and disconnection. Yeah. Not because of the actions themselves, but because of the context of being supposedly a shameful thing to do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a vicious self-fulfilling prophecy it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so one path towards, um, having a healthier culture in churches around sex, around shame and our bodies is, um, includes the work of prying this stuff out of, um, existing translations and making sure that we aren't leaving, um, a foothold for the accuser. Right. Cause that's what exactly what it did exactly. and came and came yeah. to be like, it's not the fault of the translator who first went with flesh. It's- no, I'm not interested in no. casting the stones, but it's I am all the many pointing centuries work. of yeah connecting yeah. flesh with this there's theology a, that was bad. There's a clear place that we can um, tidy this up, and um, if people are going to argue for um, toxic ways of relating to our bodies, uh, they don't get to use the Bible for that. Like I'm done. I'm done with that. The Bible does not have its dominant voice is not one of anything like that. No, it's not Uh, meant to be a weapon. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this big list. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, He's, he's, Paul's contrasting those who are led by the life breath um, with kind of the impulsive, actions motivated by the body as it is in um, verse 19. Should we just 
walk through this list and sure let's do it great um are you able to have a um other a conventional translation up on the screen for your at least for yourself as well be sure we don't have to get here. it on the let's see who do we who do we want to have up here the extra just pick on the version. yeah let's let's pick on the esv kick that dead horse <laughs> <laughs> all right it was foreordained they would that's what they would say right something like that anyway yeah okay you got chapter five up here all right i'll read uh i'll read your word and then you can we'll, we'll just tick tick through it and then go through one by one how's that sound sure okay sexual exploitation sexual immorality whoa man uh, <laughs> uh uncleanness impurity lack of restraint sensuality whoa whoa <laughs> how many episodes is this gonna take uh -huh. idolatry yeah idolatry okay that's okay substance yeah. abuse sorcery oh, that is so dope <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want that word to stay uh hostilities uh enmity basically means the same thing so yeah combativeness good. strife again basically the same thing same thing yeah. fanaticism yeah jealousy whoa that's a shift okay aggression mm -hmm. fits of anger so similar combative competition uh rivalries which basically means the same thing but yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. divisions dissensions uh-huh okay. i no, I, I see where you went with that i like that um sectarianism divisions oh shit okay <laughs> they're very similar me. words yeah yeah envies uh envy and also i was going to point out that like uh spite might be a good translation for that word too oh there you go okay yeah. uh <laughs> murder that's the one that's next really that's what you have in yours envies sectarianism envies murder alcohol abuse Interesting. Uh, I think they might have one less in their list than me. So nothing, apparently. Okay, and cool. ESV next. Yeah. The ESV is like fine with murder. They're just like, we're going to. Apparently. <laughs> now, I'm going to have to look at the Greek after looking at the ESV here. Just to like, yeah. Is there, did I, is something, what's going on there? Yeah. Alcohol abuse. Drunkenness. Drunkenness. Unrestrained indulgence at celebrations. Revelry? uh orgies oh shit <laughs> okay <laughs> so you took out yeah. orgies and sorcery um yeah that's spectacular uh and other things like these okay uh yeah. okay let's let's start with that big one at the start uh it's not okay. sexual immorality it's sexual I'm not totally crazy net does have murder where i have murder so i don't oh, know what's okay. going on with the so esv they they left something out there but yeah they tell it on themselves again yeah. Okay. Sexual exploitation. Is that pornea? It is. Yeah. Which we've talked about quite a bit. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if we've done that all in Galatians, but 
It's an um, important enough one to repeat every time we can. I think so. Um, so one of the traditional translations of this word is fornication, mm -hmm. right? Which is where people get the idea that any sex to someone you're not married to in a legally binding contract yes. uh, is sin, right? Mm -hmm. That's not what porneia means. And that idea doesn't occur anywhere in the bible yeah apart uh, you can argue for its merit but it's you can't argue you, for it you from could the argue bible. for it right yeah there's no like the translations that say fornication are mistranslating that word too narrowly and it making it say something it doesn't say yeah. um with that caveat sexual exploitation might also be a little too narrow um Mm -hmm. but but in a way that i think is worth worth trying out mm -hmm. um, sexual immorality is both good and bad in its broadness i think um but there's reasons as we've talked about before why i went with exploitation pornea is related to the verb for to sell yeah um and porne is female sex worker pornos is male sex worker or pimp uh essentially huh um so there's a lot of connections here with sex for sale basically mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and it does get used in contexts where it's not explicitly talking about sex for sale but it's making it like basically where sex is transactional ah yes where the person you're having sex with is being viewed as an object for you to purchase or use or they owe you in sex in some way mm -hmm. you get to take it because that's your right mm -hmm. or benefit from it even if you're not the person having sex if you are selling them for the use well that makes that that aligns with the the general flow of how sex and money are talked about by the early Jesus movement. Mm -hmm. Whereas, yeah, sexual immorality is so vague and culture. It, that's the thing is it's so culturally squishy. You can, right. you drop the phrase sexual immorality um, in one part of the world at one time in history and the same part of the world, a different time in history or a different part of the world. Uh, mm -hmm. and you get different senses of what is okay and what isn't. Yeah. So yeah, becomes whatever makes me uncomfortable is not okay. Yeah. It's, it's yep. kind of what happens. That's there. exactly it. Whatever I'm grossed out by, or I think is threatening the gender relations that I believe to, I want to keep a hold of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So critiquing the intersection of money and sexuality is much more it's more specific and it's keeping in keeping with the um, linguistic roots of it right yep and it's important to, i would say i'd like to just note that uh that's not a condemnation of actual sex workers like it <laughs> like no. paul uh, jesus hung out with them a lot and got like right. um so so even related it. to sex work itself whatever our like preconceived judgments are about it mm -hmm. need to be 
completely renovated. So yeah, yeah, and yeah, just and be reflective on like what the what sex work was in the context that this was written in. For example, it was right. substantially bound up with um, um, non-Jewish uh, temple worship um, and religious, like cultic prostitution was part of it in some cities more than others. Yeah, which is interesting because I read something recently uh, by Wilda Gaffney that oh. that actually argues with that and says that that wasn't the thing. Wow, really? Uh-huh. Oh, that's fascinating. But huh. That's that's for another time. It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, there was just but such was, a... But just reading that was the first time I've ever heard that idea that it wasn't a thing, so... Mm-hmm. To, yeah. to riff in, I guess, in a slightly different direction, it, the... Um, Greek notions of sex included things like the the penetrator having power mm-hmm. over the penetrated and um yeah regardless of gender yeah regardless of gender and so a lot of the like even like yeah. same sex relationships were fundamentally designed as like a a power and domination thing mm-hmm. and patriarchy within a um male female um sexual bond it was as well so right that's that's pretty exploitive like to to mm-hmm. penetrate is to dominate or exploit or take power or essence. I will not let anybody take my right. <laughs> my essence, right. Mandrake. Um, that's a movie reference. Um, <laughs> yeah, that all loops in. It was. It's not. It doesn't have to just be talking about sex work. It's talking about like right. domination in the bedroom. Right. Next one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uncleanness uncleanness uh largely the shift there was making sure it didn't say impurity because that just was too close to somehow making it all about sex again um which isn't literally what impurity means but it has become that yeah in how the church uses purity culture right is right right um but as we talked about before the way it looks to me is jesus and paul when they use cleanness and uncleanness they're basically describing treating the others well or not um, mm-hmm. as, as the like faithful way to actually think about cleanness, regardless mm-hmm. of what the specific uh, like Levitical rules for this and that were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah, kind there's... of what this whole thing is talking about. Yeah. And a lot of the reasons why purity is such a, um, fractured paradigm uh, purity mm-hmm. language is we've kind of been bouncing around talking about flesh language and sexual morality. So, right. um, and what's the book that we all read that was so good about that? Um, oh, unclean. Unclean. Yeah. By I think Richard Beck. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody should read that. I'll drop a affiliate yeah. link in the show notes. Uh, incredible book about, uh, purity language and purity psychology. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next one we've got is, uh, what's the next one? Why don't you walk us through which one? Yeah. Yeah. Lack of restraint is next. Um, which is just really different than, than what do they have in the ESV again? It was, uh, sensuality, which somehow makes it related to sex again. Um, but the word there is just 
Yeah, the word there is this, the same word that's for like self-discipline or self-restraint, yeah. but negated. So self-undiscipline or, uh, <laughs> is basically what it's saying. Uh-huh. Okay, what about a uh, sorcery? Yeah, that you one. You substance abuse, yeah. Right, yeah, which is a little bit of a a swing on my part to make, to make it be substance abuse. Um, but I think it's at least arguable. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me find my footnote here that has the notes that um, it's from like the Greek word. Yeah. Pharmakeia, uh-huh. which is where we get pharmacy in English. Um, and it was used of chemicals. Yeah. So like sorcery in the sense of like alchemy and like chemistry like that people didn't really understand and like you know anything you don't understand it must be magic right Right. um but it's it was used for talking about that word was used about medicines Mm. and and even so like for instance the stuff that they gave jesus on the cross like soaked a sponge yeah and, yeah and we're trying to offer him stuff one of them he, he did take a drink of and one of them he didn't but the one that he didn't had stuff in it that was in small doses was a painkiller in large doses people used as a drug to like oh wow have recreational use huh um and in real large doses was poison like you know overdosing yeah yeah um and so it's the same thing like those words are all connected with this pharmakeia word and so like yeah medicines just like we have opioids now mm-hmm. get abused for recreational use because it mm-hmm. makes you feel good and then it becomes this impulsive thing that you can't stop um, i think that's what it's talking about here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh what's the next one on the list there's quite a few here that are a bit pretty similar yeah, there's idolatry, which is fairly straightforward. Hostilities and combativeness, uh, fanaticism, aggression, combative competition, division, sectarian, like kind of all the rest of them through murder have to do with not getting along to each other and being aggressive and angry and yeah, uh, belittling each other and yeah, being violent and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, Alcohol abuse. Alcohol abuse is just kind of an updated way to say drunkenness. Um, yeah. Unrestrained indulgence at celebrations. I've been trying to figure out if that's the best way to say that or not. Cause it's, I see where they got orgies. It's talking about these like celebratory, like processions where people like had a ton hmm. of alcohol and there was sex going on. And there's like the festival of like Bacchus is, is, is one example it's those kind of events where people would just like go really overboard in indulgence mm-hmm. in all sorts of ways. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like at parties and stuff now, like frat parties and stuff. I'm sure people are getting raped. People are getting yeah. injured. They're like, it's not a good idea. It's just too much. It's too yeah. much. It's not that mm-hmm. it's like, it's not that sex or alcohol or celebrating are bad things like we are supposed to celebrate but yeah i mean jesus's first miracle was like giving far. good wine to people who are already pretty buzzed right yeah right so that's what it's talking about here so it feels like the like a really common word that i could use would be like partying but it doesn't yeah it just doesn't feel like that's the right word to no use we're not jehovah's translation <laughs> um yeah 
so this is the like this long phrase of unrestrained indulgence at celebrations is yeah what i came up but it's pretty wordy so mm. yeah couldn't figure out a different word carousing is what one of the ones using like correct what does that even mean so mm-hmm. this but and is it okay yeah. let's uh let's drop down we've just got a couple minutes left here uh anything you want to center on in that list of the good things sure. yeah i mean most of it's like the same as what you're used to uh, love joy peace patience beneficence is kindness which isn't wrong it's I just wanted to kind of emphasize this like active nature of it it's not just like being nice and polite it's like actively seeking good for other people doing kind things for mm. people mm-hmm. um so i gotta find another way to say that because beneficence is just too obscure of a word um beneficial living is an usually goodness i have seen at least one other translation it might be nrsv or maybe the new jerusalem bible they translate it as uh generosity um, which is which is pretty good this agathos this word wherever it comes up it it's not goodness as in like following the rules or being obedient or being compliant it's goodness in the sense of benefiting the people around you like Um, living living harmoniously actively yeah right kind of like the the kindness like i'm actively doing things that are beneficial for the people around yeah that i'm giving shalom so working working for other people's Mm well-being that's great it's it's yeah it's more specific than so the word good is like includes that it's just so broad and vague you can kind of make it mean whatever you want yeah um and it's it's more it's not that broad Mm. Um, and faithfulness i just wanted to point out that um this is pistis where we've been doing trust or faithfulness or commitment or allegiance um and this is just an example of where pretty much everybody translates it as faithfulness instead of faith or belief i'm not i'm not making it up that that's one way to translate this word yeah so great great yeah i think we made it through our lists here Yeah, yeah we did bam uh and we've got one chapter left in galatians this is good well hey everybody thank you so much for uh joining us for this leg of the journey the easiest way to support found in translation is to leave us a rating or review in your podcast player of choice or giving us a thumbs up on the video platform you're watching this on uh the second that makes it easier for more people to find the show uh, second best way to support the show is to become a sponsor for just $5 a month. When you do that, you get comment access on the translations Google Doc and the satisfaction that you're supporting exceptionally nerdy independent media. You can find a link to join the community in the episode description. The music you're listening to is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Founding Translation was produced by Perry FM on unceded Chinook land. Goodbye, Brandon. Bye, Brandon. Bye, everybody. See you next week.